Irreverent, entertaining, cool. You're listening to LA Talk Radio. You're listening to Accent On with Alona Europa, right here on LA Talk Radio. guest already with us. This is Ilona Europa, LA Talk Radio Accent On, in studio with Mike Gormley, which we are continuing our segment called Accent On Gormley. And today is so cool because normally I am saying a few words here and there, mostly about weather and people who are in the studio. But today we have phone call with very, very, very important, wonderful guest uh, of um, Mike's. Mike, would you like to introduce and say hi to your Hello, friends? How are you doing out there? Uh, yes, I love to introduce you to these people. They're great people, and I've known them for quite a while. Um, I'd love you to meet uh, Angie McCartney. Hi, hi, Angie. Hello, this is Angie. Hi. And her daughter, Ruth Good. McCartney. Hi, Ruth. Hello, folks. Hi, Mike. Hello, Ruth. Hi, Mike. Hi, guys. How are <laughs> you doing? Good, thank you. Great. Is All Mar- the better for speaking to you. Is Martin lurking around there somewhere? He's lurking. Yeah, he's <laughs> just doing his producer thing in the background. Ah. <laughs> oh, we like that. The woman in charge. Yes. <laughs> referring to oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> re- referring to Martin Nethercutt, who happens to be married to uh, one of these ladies. Okay, <laughs> then Ruth needs to listen to him from time to time, only from time to time. Right. <laughs> yeah, he'll he'll come on he'll come on later. He's he's uh, kind of had twenty six years of trying to talk when we're both talking at once. So he's like, ah, <laughs> Never we'll works. do a one at a time thing. When Mike's <laughs> ready to do deep boy talk, I'll sh- you know I'll be here. I love the accent, of course, your accent. You are originally, all of you, from Liverpool, yes? Yep. Yes, that's right. Yes, and this show is about people with great accents. It's very successful and obvious. Um, success of your company and your past and the future is something very, very impressive. And I know that Mike would like to uh, just ask you some questions and all our listeners will love your life story. Well, it's a, great, it's a great story, and uh, the the more recent part of the story, we we, um, of course, we can't ignore the fact that their last name is McCartney, and there's this guy from Liverpool they're related to. But I want to know um, uh, these are two dynamic ladies who have uh, a great deal of success on their own, and I'd love to get an update. Um, uh, Angie has. Um, has a tea company. She's written a book. Uh, Ruth has uh, McCartney Multimedia. Um, is is involved in many things. So, uh, Ruth, can you give me a little update of what uh, the McCartneys are doing these days? In in terms of, I know you do. Oh, McCartney. absolutely. Yeah. So our background is that for listeners who are they're familiar with the name McCartney, but they're not quite sure what the connection is. So in 1962, Angie, my mom was widowed, and I was two years old. And then two years later, she met a lovely man named Jim McCartney. And they, you know, as people do, fell in, mar- met, fell in love, got married. And I became Ruth McCartney. He adopted me and his son. And thus my stepbrother is uh, Paul McCartney of said Beatles and Wings and now solo fame. So, you know, it sort of propelled us into the uh, lifestyle of music and rock and roll and uh, that crazy stuff. So by the time I was four or five years old, I was opening Beatle fan club mail for my pocket money on the kitchen table. And that propelled me in later years to build something called iFans, I-F-A-N-Z or Z dot com, which was the forerunner of constant contact, really, for the entertainment industry, for upcoming bands to manage and gather their fan bases. And fast forward that now to this millennium, this day and age, what I'm concentrated on with uh, a new product called McCartney Messenger is leveraging existing platforms like Facebook, for example, 
you know, people open email, for sure, still, but they, they don't open them at the rate they used to. But they're addicted to their phones, and every time the phone goes ding or something's going on, and they get a messenger a message from Facebook, 95% of those people respond within 90 seconds, and there are 2 billion people on Facebook. So when I read this statistic, I thought, gosh, that's fascinating. I need to do something with that. So I'm working with some kids in Arizona and some out here, and we've developed a, a process and a platform and a technology that, in fact, we spent this morning um, doing a Facebook Messenger um, contest to win some of Angie's tea, which I'll let her talk about her teas and her wines. So I'm involved in the marketing and social media and digital side of our agency, McCartney Multimedia. And, of course, one of the products that I get to support is you know, Mrs. McCartney's teas and Mrs. McCartney's wine. So I'll let Angie chit-chat about those bit. Wow. Yes, Angie, please let us know uh, uh, what, what oh. you're doing. And, and um, I, I, don't, I shouldn't give away a lady's age, but... but at oh, that's <laughs> fine. I'm 87, and I don't care who knows it. Well, at 87, this is uh, an ongoing hurricane of a woman. <laughs> 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 And, it's, uh, well, it's either the tea or the wine, or maybe both. Both, but does it. both. All right. And well, I'm tell us a little sh- bit yeah. about that, how that came yes. about, and, and, yes. and uh, what's uh, up. Well, the tea has been going for quite a few years. Um, we, we had a 4th of July party here some years back, and everybody was imbibing and celebrating with wine and beer and stuff. And one of my friends who was at the party said, why not? I, he, he's a recovering alcoholic, and he said, uh, well, I won't touch any alcohol, but why not make me a nice pot of tea? I'm sure if you're English, you're in, used to making tea. And I said, oh, gosh, yes. It's the staff of life, you know, in Britain. As soon as anybody arrives at your house, you say, come in, I'll put the kettle on. And tea is a sort of way of life. And it went from there. And he, he put the idea into my head. He said, well, what's more English than tea? And what's more British than the name McCartney in Liverpool? So we started with the idea of Mrs. McCartney's teas. And we just started out with a couple of flavors at that stage. And it's gradually grown over the years. And now we have 11 flavors. And they come in from all over the world. And we have a a distributor who imports them, brings them all in through, normally in through Canada and down to, um, where is he? Uh, Arizona. Arizona. And he bags them, puts them into the uh, bags and sends them all to me. And we pack them into our own packaging. And Martin and Ruth have designed some great packaging and different flavors and colors and designs and all that stuff. So uh, that's one of my little tasks. I pack tea and send out orders. And in fact, this morning, we had one of these conversations online on Facebook Live yesterday and today and we told people that if they uh, signed up and said I want to win somebody could win a uh, variety pack of tea and an autographed family photograph so that culminated this morning and since we were on the air this morning I've had 27 orders for multiple packets of tea so I'm just busy printing those and getting them all into my database and um, we do we donate to the Linda McCartney Breast Cancer Research Centre in Liverpool from the proceeds and with the wine. So that's the tea, in a nutshell. And wine. What about wine? wine? Yes. Well, yeah, um, two years ago, just two years ago this month, we were down in Texas doing one of our little stage shows that we do, Dinner with the Beatles. Dinner with uh, the McCartney. Uh, Dinner with the McCartney. Sorry, Ruth. And... Um, <laughs> at a restaurant in Texas where there's a, a great chef called David Skinner who came up with this idea and we jointly got together and made um, yes. items on the menu. Ruth will tell you more about the actual food in a bit. And it so happened, and in, in addition to him having this lovely, excellent restaurant in Kima, Texas, he had a winery. And he said, well, why don't we have some Mrs. McCartney's wines to match the teas? So we went ahead, and that's a fairly new fledgling company, but it's just beginning to take off. And there's a lot to be learned, of course, you know, about distribution and bottling and uh, 
laws. Yeah. Oh, laws. The laws in every state are different. Mm. It's funny, you know, there's something called the TTB that you have to submit your label designs to, which is a federal government um, organization, uh, to make sure that, you know, standards and practices and advertising and all that stuff straight and above board. And each one of our Mrs. McCartney's wines has a little story on the label about one of them is called Blackbird Blackberry because the song Blackbird was originally written for my grandmother for Angie's mum and so we tell the story on the label and then on the front it says um, proceeds partially benefit the Linda McCartney Breast Cancer Research Foundation well now Linda's been dead gosh almost two decades it's hard to believe but we got a call from one of the inspectors of the federal alcohol uh, labeling thing said, well, you know, you're saying uh, Linda McCartney uh, Cancer Foundation on this label. I'm, I'm going to need to get a conference call with this Linda McCartney to verify it. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of rolled my eyes and said, oh, the same one that's been dead 15 years? Good luck with that. Um, so, you know, your tax dollars at work. But we're not here to talk about politics now, are we? No, no, no. no, no. We are, we are, we want. always, we like it. We like to talk about everything. What excites me so, so much, that relationship between both of you. Because, you know, passion is something that is very hard to be passionate and be by yourself. But when you have mom next to you and all yep. this great uh, <laughs> creativity going on, uh, it's just a life. It's just beautiful. Yeah. And, and well, that's another the, another one of the projects that we're starting to uh, we're working on actually currently is called Here's a Story. Do you remember the Brady Bunch theme tune um, that was, you know, Here's a Story about a lovely yes. lady? Mm-hmm. So we took that literally, the, the lyrics literally, the idea, and we are creating um, a digital series featuring mother and daughter, featuring the two of us. And we're going out and interviewing just absolutely fascinating women that aren't necessarily on the charts and haven't won an Oscar. They're not famous, but boy, are their stories something inspirational and passionate and wonderful. So um, we've just started our Facebook page, Here's a Story, and it's got the, um, you know, the pink pussycat hat logo on it for the, the, that we all wear on the women's marches. And we're, you know, pitching and hoping that it will get picked up by someone, one of the major networks that has a content stream that they want some extra, you know, content for their digital or web channels. So we're uh, interviewing some incredible women, sweet Alice Harris, who was right down there in the middle of the Watts riots, um, a lady called Lily Chu from Houston, Texas, who's just started a charity called Fire Seeds which literally with two or three hundred dollars she can help a woman in uganda open a business and get out of poverty and slavery and send her kids to college um who else oh val do you want to tell yeah tell them about val yes it's a lady called val camaletti and she's in uh, oak park which is just outside chicago she's in her late 70s and she's been running a vinyl record record store since oh the early 60s that's she really, who I think it was. Actually. Yeah, she was working for CBS when the Beatles first went out there. Capital Records. Oh, Capital, that's right, I'm sorry. And she was assigned to look after them, to meet them at the airport and take them places. And such was the craziness around them that the uh, planning of the flights and everything and the arrivals changed about four times and she kept getting messages saying, no, don't go to that airport, go to this airport. And they kept diverting them to different places. They're strips, actually. They had to hide them from coming in. So we found these fascinating women. Mm. Mike, are you familiar with Pamela DeBar? She wrote the New York Times bestseller, I'm with the band. Yes, absolutely. So she's one of our good friends and we've we've interviewed her for the series. Mm. Um, So yeah, so it's just, it's about fascinating ladies and like you just said the passion for getting it done yeah it's great that's a great idea Okay, then I yeah. probably need to also mention that Ruth is a singer-songwriter. I don't know how much we can add to uh, all your life, uh, beautiful. A very uh, success- she was a very successful singer-songwriter. She was, uh, um, well, thank you. Indeed. Hit, I, in I gave it a go. I've got a couple of gold records for uh, um, artists called Randy Crawford that I co-wrote. I actually wrote the lyrics to a couple of things for her with my dear friend Barry Coffing, who runs an incredible uh, platform called musicsupervisor.com 
and professional musicians can submit their music to be... He's built, basically built the Google for music supervisors so that they can go find, clear, and get all of their music for, you know, projects, sure. small and large. Yeah. And then he has something called Springboard Houston or Springboard South, um, which is sort of a mini South by Southwest. We just got back last night from Texas from doing mentor panels at, at that. And so I was lucky enough to be introduced to Barry back in the 80s and we wrote a ton of songs together and a couple of them got picked up and then I moved to Germany, signed to a sub-label of BMG um, and when I saw the contract I nicknamed them Big Mean Germans because that's what I figured BMG stood for <laughs> and um, went over there and then I toured as a solo artist, I toured Russia Siberia, Armenia, Lithuania, Latvia um, all of the stands before it, when it was still the Soviet Union. And I was actually in Moscow the night the Berlin Wall came down and fans were calling the hotel be asked to be put through my, to my room because they didn't have CNN, they didn't have cable television, only the tourists and foreigners had that. So I found myself in a position of breaking the news to them, you know, blow by blow, as the wall was coming down. It was kind of a surreal moment. I'm, I'm in Moscow and I'm telling people in a post office long distance phone in Gorky, Russia, hey, communism's over, it's it's done, it's coming down. So it's kind of a, a weird moment to be in history, but I was glad I was there. Well, that's fantastic, and that's, uh, uh, see, every time you just ask one question, you get interesting stories from these two ladies, but here's the thing, I think I met you through Barry Coffin originally, uh, sometime in the I 80s. think you did, absolutely. That's right, I think you did, Mike. Uh, yeah. Barry and or Tess Taylor, one of, one of the two from NARAP, she's a, you know what, There's, Tess Taylor's a lady we should interview, and she's mm. a fascinating lady. That's right. But you've written, you've written with Barry, you've written, you've written with Harold Faltermeyer in Germany, you, you wrote the, uh, co-wrote with him in 1992, Barcelona, uh, Barcelona Barcelona Olympics theme for a German. Oh, I did. Yeah. I did. So, that was a funny story. I was living in Munich, and of course, there was no internet in those days, but I did have a fax machine. I was pretty cutting edge, let me tell you. <laughs> and um, my phone rang in the middle of the night, and it was Hacky, Harold hmm. Baltimore. And Hacky goes, um, So we're writing it for the German for ARD and ZDF and whatever, the German broadcasting people, but they've just called me and they like the tune I've submitted, but they don't want any German lyrics. They want it to be more international. Um, if I fax you the sheet music, can you write me some English lyrics? I need them in an hour. <laughs> well, only two problems with that. I couldn't hear the song and I couldn't read sheet music. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so I had, he faxed me the sheet music anyway and um, he played it to me over and over and over on the phone and I said, well, where are you right now? Are you in, in, in your Hollywood? Because he has a big penthouse apartment on sunset opposite 9000 sunset i've been there he said no yeah he said no i'm in munich i said well you know i live here right he's like well yeah because i called you i said well where are you and he gave me his address i said you exactly 20 minutes from where i am and we spent an hour and a half on the phone trying to listen to this song <laughs> beautiful story i love it so i got up in the middle of the night and drove across munich and harold and i shared a couple of cold beers from his private stash and his little beer hoodie and by daylight, we had um, the song Forever Human written out, and we submitted it, and it won the contest, and boy, did I make a lot of money in three weeks flat. That's good for you. Well, we don't <laughs> have another forever. another one, Ruth. Do it again. Oh, I've have, written um, a bunch, but nobody wants to hear them anymore. <laughs> well, we're gonna, they're going to hear one now. Oh, what about uh -oh. the song that uh, is named This Coat? Oh. oh. That is a Barry Coffing uh, featuring sax player. Fame sex player ever at top. Wow. And yours truly on vocals, and I'll tell you the story Can about the uh, song after you've heard it. Wonderful. Let's listen. Thank you.
So lucky to this, have a this coat by Ruth McCartney. That's very cool. So cool. If this so coat could talk, and the, the said coat, and it was, it wasn't, it wasn't terribly uh, gauche that back then as it is now. But <laughs> it, was, it was a hot August, and I had a Swatch watch. It was about 1985, and there were only certain places you could buy batteries for them, and that was on Pico and Westwood in Los Angeles at the West Side Mall. And so I hot-footed it over there to buy a battery for my Swatch Watch. And they didn't have any battery, like $3 Swatch Watch batteries. So I took out a loan and bought an $11,000 mint coat instead. Uh, as you, <laughs> as you do. My girl. So, well, it was so irresistible. It was 22000 It was on sale for 11000 I understand. I, you couldn't pass it I up. applied for a credit card for twelve, and they gave it to me, and I paid that thing off forever and ever. I still have it, actually. But you cannot wear it because nobody likes people in furs who are not and an it was European. August, and it was hot. Yeah, so I literally, that thing saved my life. I traveled around in it. I slept in it in Russia. Absolutely. It covered us up in Siberia and kept us alive in minus 56 Celsius below. Right. And so when I took it to be monogrammed, when I first got it, they said, would you like your monograms inside the lining, madam? And I said, well, just put Ruth. And they said, well, yeah, that's your first name, but what are your initials? I said, well, look, I'm 23. I have no idea how many times I'm going to get married. Trust me, <laughs> just put Ruth. She <laughs> <laughs> oh, wasn't kidding either. She's been married three times. Well, I think oh I'm gosh. good now. I'm done. Oh, you're done. Stop putting on the husbands. I got it. I've, not, I've never had a bad one, Paul Antonelli. Uh, do you know Paul Antonelli, my first husband? He's a music supervisor. He's won Emmys for Days of Our Lives and Young and the Restless, and wow. he worked on Passions and Sunset Beach. Yeah, I thought Mike might know him. I do know him. He's a fabulous human. And um, then my second husband, Bobby Bachmeyer, is a director and cameraman still living in Munich. He's best. Well, he's actually was our roommate when I moved in with my third husband. So <laughs> keep them all close. Oh dear. Keep I want them all to close. Meet Make you. them wear their badges and their numbers. Keep them, keep them straight. You know. The stories keep on wow. going. And now you are on husband number three, and he's from Germany originally, yes? Yes. He is from Germany, and he is uh, Martin Nevercut with two Ts is his name. And the, I met him through the whole Harold Faltermeyer crowd because he was the 
uh, go-to American rock Steve Perry type voice in Munich yep. on uh, oh Beverly Hills Cop and Fletch and um, Top Gun. Top Gun, and so every time Harold needed somebody that sounded like Steve Perry but only lived an hour's drive away. He called Martin, and then a friend of ours, unfortunately, uh, met a horrible fate and decided to end her life, and we were both called to her funeral. And that, my friends, is where we met, and that is where I hand the phone to the rock star himself. Hold on. Oh, that's sad. Hey, Mike. Oh. <laughs> there it is. Martin. <clears throat> How are you doing, my brother? Very, very well. I haven't seen you for a while. It's good to hear your voice. Yeah, you too, you too. I was excited when I heard that you had going to have the uh, ladies on. Yeah, so no, so I had, so, uh, you were lurking in the background waiting for your moment. That's right. The <laughs> moment and, has arrived. And it's not easy to jump in between these two ladies. Hey, watch yourself. <laughs> but we have a time. Like I said, I get, I get it stereo, you know? I got the little one in the, in the ear left and the big one in the ear right. Right, so. right. But we would love to hear your song and your voice. A very, very cool song. We have One World here. Yes. And really, we love the sound of your voice very much. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. I'm working on the... You're listening to the first record that we made with Geist, the project. Um, we're working on the second one, which is a little darker. It's a little bit more metal, but it also features an opera singer. We have some rappers on there, so it's, it's fun. It's, uh, I'm working on uh, EDM meets metal, so dance music meets, meets real guitars and all that stuff. So it's a fun project, working with some DJs and getting the world out there. Well, we'll look forward to that, but at the moment we have uh, from uh, the Geist album... One World. That's so. it. Okay. One World, yes. I was writing that on the way to Australia years back, and it just felt, you know, we were just flying, and it's like three in the morning, and, and then the lyrics just came to me, and then I sat down in, in Australia and just wrote it about the world, how we can all get together and share this planet with all its resources and so on. And Ruth helped me tremendously with the lyrics because she is the poet in the family, so it, work, it worked out fine. No, it has a great energy, doesn't it? Well, let's hear it. Let's let people hear it. Okay, thanks.
What can we say? We like the sound. We like the big, long hair, yeah. big jackets, It, and very big, powerful songs. And message is great. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, it's an anthem, and we had uh, fun recording it. There are so many people that played on that song. Um, it's just too many to name. They're, they're all on the album. But I want to give a shout-out to Marino da Silva, who plays lead guitar on that. And he just has that Carlos feeling. And when he played that last solo, I'm like, like you know, it just, it just lifts you up. Wow. Um, but you are working on a new project, and that's very exciting, obviously. I am from Poland, and European sound and dance music and EDM. Yes, uh, yes, yeah, yes, the, yes, yes. Something I'm, really trying to sh I'm trying to show the kids how instruments are truly played. <laughs> what, a, what a great idea. <laughs> yeah, and you know, it's uh, EDM is everywhere, and it, yep. there's no reason why we shouldn't put some vocals, guitars, some melodies on there that it just stands out a little bit and becomes a song again. That's the great part of the Internet these days, that you can really merge influences and, and, and ship back and forth sounds. and It's just a whole new melting pot, which is great, because there are no more real categories in music now. It's, it's yep. all meshed up. I, I love I it. Love it. Digital collaboration, we call it. That's yes. correct. And I wouldn't be Mar Martin's shameless wife marketer promoter if I didn't ask him where you can get that, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, just go ahead, go ahead. Okay. <laughs> well, no, you tell the folks where you can find that. Well, the website is Geist Music with a K, G-E-I-S-T-M-U-S-I-K.com. And uh, you can find, all about, find out all about the project, myself, everybody that played on it on there. And the second one, like I said, is coming. But uh, the first one's released on all digital platforms, so you can get it on iTunes. Are you going to take Geist out to the public live, have him perform? Well, I'd love to, you know, but these days it's just uh, worse than marriages because <laughs> you got to get everybody together. Everybody, <laughs> everybody has different plans. They're playing with this guy. The other one's on tour. The, you know, so it's it's tough to get the band together. But the ideal dream would be, yes, absolutely, take it out and rock it out to the world. I mean, as as a writer, as a writer and producer and director and artist, Martin's ultimate goal is uh, when all three of these are written because there's Book of Shadows um, Book of Darkness and Book of Book of Mirrors and Book of Light um, this will be a trilogy that hopefully will hit Broadway in about a 10 year time span here while we're still young enough to enjoy that and as the marketer and brander I've kind of branded it Harry Potter for grown-ups like a rock oh. musical that is this fantastical magic story about a boy or a guy, the everyman story. So you heard it here first. There's always a project going on. There's, a, there's always something in the background yes. coming up. I Fantastic. don't know. When you are waking up, are you already tired or you are in the grave? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> so much I, is, it, is it nap time yet? Yeah, <laughs> I know. And tell me, you have a dogs and I, you live in L.A., obvious. But you have yeah. a time for relax? Um, What's well, that? Yeah, Angie, well, Angie's like, what, what's Angie, that? Yeah, what's that? Yeah, no, sleeping, <laughs> sleeping for when you're dead, right? I yeah, agree. Absolutely. I agree 100%. You know, when you have so much to offer and so much passion about everything, I think everything's possible also. Then, but you are also, all of you are business people, very, very strong business. Where this came from, I was reading a little bit your um, uh early childhood years and you were dancing, you were singing and, you know, just, just and now, you know, there's really big, big stuff going on in all of your lives. Then you knew that you, when you were 10 years old that your life will be really so business oriented and so creative. And in America, did you have this? No, thing? I mean, I really didn't. But at the same time, you know, I, I really believe the universe kind of leads you where it wants you to go. There are certain paths in life where you make a choice. Hopefully you make the right one. Uh, you always try morally uh, to make the right one. Um, and you meet people along the way. I call it the red thread of life. And eventually it sort of starts, to, the older you li live, the longer you live, it starts to weave itself into a plan. And... Um, don't yeah don't um so yeah i think it just um you know kind of pans out for the best uh, i don't know i never really thought that i'd be in business but i did know that growing up earning pocket money doing beetle fan club mail gave me an idea because john Lennon never used to call the fans the fans he used to call them the customers 
And I thought that was a very interesting way for a musician to look at, yeah. um, you know, his, his fan base. And so fast forward to, you know, I did my whole choreography career, and then I was an artist, as we've heard a little bit about. And there's only so many people in the entertainment industry who not only have the luck and the success, but the talent and the longevity and the health. Like my stepbrother Paul, is he's a walking miracle. I mean, the guy's 75 and he's out there rocking three-hour shows four nights a week, and I don't know how he does it. I mean, I've got my toes turned up by 8 o'clock, and if there's something Anthony Bourdainish on, I'm not leaving the house. I'm sorry. <laughs> but, yeah, um, but you know, I just chose a different path. I, I had my artist, Jones. I got it out of my, you know, out of my system. And then I chose to try and help other artists by collaborating with my husband, Martin, and some great programmers on iFans to try and help them really own their own fan list and own their own customer base, because that's what I learned from John Lennon. So, you know, that's when iFans was born, and that's when we started programming websites, and that's still a huge part of McCartney Multimedia's business today, is I would say 40% of our business is developing and building and designing websites clients of all kinds not just the entertainment industry and again the universe does what it wants to do and it sort of blossomed into a business and here we are if i understand or if i remember correctly you learned a few things from john lennon including how to ride a bike isn't that right that is correct yes he used to come up and stay with us at um, the house near liverpool because when he got married and moved to london he really didn't have any family uh, up north. His father was estranged from him, and his mother died when he was 14. So once he moved down south, he didn't have a family home, so our guest room would be you know, sort of his refuge. And he'd come home sometimes with Paul at the weekends for a quiet sort of writing retreat. And he had the guest room in the back. <laughs> he'd hear or see me out of the window on a Sunday morning falling off my bike yelling, Ow! Ooh! Ah! And so he couldn't sleep because I kept waking him up. And he would come down in the dead of winter and put a couple of sweaters on and hold on to the back of the uh, saddle and hung over as he was, run round and round and round in circles, uh, helping me to stay because they didn't have stabilizers, but he would help me stay on the bike. So the metaphor of a man of his wisdom teaching me how to ride a bike, and they say, you know, life is like riding a bicycle. You get thrown off, you just get back on and keep doing it. So the uh, the metaphor of that is not lost on me. <laughs> understood, understood. You know, um, you mentioned earlier about that kitchen table in 1962. Uh, fan mail started coming in, and and it taught you, uh, in it taught you some lessons in life. But that had to have been overwhelming, or overwhelming maybe over a period of time. And, and when they got to America, got out of hand. I mean, what what uh, both? Hey, you, you know, we we uh, the Ed Sullivan show happened in February of 1964, and then Angie married. Jim, my dad, in 1964, November. So they were already huge when we kind of got dumped in the middle of this, you know, hurricane called the Beatles. But we lived in the eye of the storm. You know, it's quite, it's calm in there. Uh, and not until you poke your nose out and try and go out amongst the fans or step out of a backstage door does it get crazy. So I lived a normal life. I went to a local village school, and, yeah, I got treated differently, and some kids hated me, and some kids... I was four, they were 12, they wanted to be best friends, you know, that's just kind of normal. But um, it was overwhelming, but we said, Angie can talk better to this, you know, she's a secretary. So she set up three by five index cards and shoe boxes and sorted them all out. And she worked closely with our dear friend, Frida Kelly, who I don't know if you've seen a, it's an award-winning documentary called Good Old Frida. That's a great and one. And you've seen it. Okay, so and Angie's in it. And so she and Frida work closely together, and she can speak a little bit closer to how that used to work on a systematic basis. Yeah, well, the, the mailman used to come twice a day. We had two day deliveries twice a day in those good old days. And he'd bring sacks and sacks of fan mail. And some of it was just addressed to, like, Paul England or Paul Beatles. Hmm. But the post office would find its way to get it to us. Hmm. And they'd bring it and just dump it. And... Uh, Paul, Jim was overwhelmed with this business, you know, and I said, oh, come on, let's get it sorted out. So I went to the local shoe shop and got a load of empty shoe boxes, and we had a very long dining table, so I lined them up on the table, both sides, on the window ledge, under the table, oh, every possible space, 
and we'd sort the mail into countries, which was the beginning of a sort of geography lesson for Ruth. And then we labelled the boxes by different countries. And, of course, on the right, in the bay window, on the window ledge, was all the Far East stuff. And down on the floor, under the table, was Australia and New Zealand, which was down under. (laughs) So she began to get the beginning of an idea of a geography lesson from that. Then she would help me sort it. And... uh, Cut the stamps off. Oh, cut the stamps off. Yeah, she had a wonderful... People don't collect stamps anymore. Mind you, people don't write letters anymore, do they? Which is a shame. I bought myself a Schwinn bicycle from selling my stamp collection. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, <laughs> Always industrious. If it isn't, yeah. a, if it isn't a mink coat, it's a Schwinn bicycle. <laughs> That's right, yeah. That. Yeah, I know. Very, very oh, interesting see. story. Yeah. And this is like first big fan base. Then uh, now, Ruth, you also are teaching how to really find your fans and knowing where, where to go, where to tour, uh, and how right. to operate under <laughs> your, your website. Yes, iFans.com, yes? iFans, I-F-A-N-Z dot com. Yeah, don't look at the front end. I'm in the middle of having it redesigned by our crack team at the moment. But the back end basically is a, is a FedEx system where we can deliver mail for our clients zip by zip state by state the system remembers their fans birthdays and sends them an automatic birthday card so they think that their celebrity crush has actually remembered their birthday and uh, the reason the uh, the idea we got for programming that piece of software was i opened a piece of fan mail um after shea stadium had happened and it was you know dear paul blah 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 i was in row 156 seats I don't know, 37 at Shea Stadium. And I know you noticed me. I was wearing a yellow cardigan and a black and white skirt. And I know you noticed me because you looked up at me and smiled and waved. So remember me. This is me writing you this letter. I was like, oh, good God. Do you know how many faces there were at Shea Stadium? Oh, (laughs) my gosh. uh, But what that taught me was that the fans, as do I when I'm a fan of somebody, the fans want to be, they don't want to be a a number on a punched card and say, your fan club number, member number, you know, 50,000. They want to be recognized and remembered. And so when we built iFans, we specially built in this birthday system so that, our customers can say, dear so-and-so, dear Mike, a little birdie told me it was your birthday today. I hope you have a great day. And people print those out. They take them to work. They stick them in their cubicle or they stick them up in the break room. And, of course, it's just great branding for the artist because people think they remember their birthday. Genius and mm-hmm. tricky. Anyway, mm-hmm. we have three more songs. Uh, one song we need to play because time is running out uh, of our show. We'll play we one, have, of one of your clients. Uh, right? Would you like, and we have Angel Eyes Blues uh, at Twilight. Yeah, love me. Blues? Love to hear some blues. Okay, let's play this song. <laughs>
That was how Nick, relaxing. Nick Marichal, is that how you pronounce the name? Marichal? Marichal, indeed. Absolutely. Yeah. He, uh, that song was called Blues at Twilight by Nick Marichal, and um, it was recorded at Capitol Records with the famed Nico Bolas, um, co-producing with Nick and mixing it. And the band are none other than, you know, the A-list is Bob Glaub on bass, John Ferraro on drums, Quinn Johnson on keyboards, and uh, Nick Marshall composed and played that blues guitar, but he's a heck of a singer, too. So that's out there on the internet somewhere? You can be, he can, that is, that's Nick Marshall, M-A-R-E-C-H-A-L dot com. Wonderful. Find all of that stuff. <clears throat> so Nick is, a, is quite a Renaissance man. He's he's a mathematician and a radar engineer. He was years and years with the Aerospace Corporation, and has patents issued in his name for mathematical things that I can't even explain. Um, but he worked as with he had top secret clearance and worked in the space program and radar for many many years. But played in bands. Grew up in the in the San Fernando Valley and played in bands for many years and, you know, kept his hand in while he was a working man and always had a great passion for music. And then when he retired, he uh, decided with the permission and grace of his lovely wife, Arlene, that, hey, I'm going to go actually enjoy some me time now and do some music. So he is creating many jobs in Hollywood and hiring great studios and putting fabulous people to work and having fun with it. So we're, uh, you know, attempting to get some placements and get some music out there so thank you so much he'll be very thrilled when he tunes in and hears this because it's just really good stuff and there's so many great artists out there and that's kind of what we're all about with the brand mccartney is just you know giving everybody some time in the sun and giving them their due because they're just great how do you choose your clients if but I'm sure they would like to choose you but uh, is there some process of importance Uh, you know, it's mostly by introduction because doing what we do, which is, you know, marketing, promotion, web, fan management, uh, it's not the kind of thing you can take a billboard on Sunset for and say, hey, we're really good at this, give us a ring. So it's usually word of mouth. Um, again, it's the red thread of the universe. And we've been lucky enough to work with, gosh, a lot of amazing artists, but also... You know, on some, like the state of Nevada, we worked with the Film Commission for many years and all of the big casinos on the Strip, MGM, Mirage, Mandalay. And you've just got to get out the house and go meet people. And, you know, we, we don't suffer fools gladly if somebody's going to, you know, really sort of be, be obnoxious on the first phone call and tell me that they know better than what we do and my, my crack team does. Uh, I just tell them, you know, I'm very busy and I'm sorry you're breaking up, I can't hear you. And move on because the next, the next good person and great client will yes. be around the corner. And it's not always about huge budgets. But they're nice. But, you know, sometimes we work with people on, uh, on a smaller budget because of their passion and their belief and we just think it's great. So. Absolutely. You cannot measure artistry, that's for sure. Oh, my gosh. Uh, how are we're times? running out of time. <laughs> Unbelievable. Uh, we have one more song. It's called Angel Eyes. We could finish, uh, and I probably will fade out. But uh, today, if you can, Mike, one more time, introduce our guests well, to our listeners. We are talking to, oh, we are still talking. It's been my pleasure and our pleasure to talk to uh, Angie oh, McCartney, Ruth McCartney, and Martin Nethercutt. Uh, always great people I, i i can say they're great people in addition to dynamic uh, business people it's uh, always nice to sit around and sip wine or beer or whatever with these folks so you get the chance to do that <laughs> just fine. make sure you pay for it though i would yes we need to wrap it up but i would love one day to have uh, both of you ladies uh, in our show too and talking about uh, the uh, interviews with uh, ladies like us who have passion all over yes. the world and this I is something absolutely. i would love to promote we're, yes. we're gonna have to rely on a darn canadian to hook that up yes 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 uh, yes uh, he knows how to <laughs> get to us. I'm, i'm sorry there are no canadians in the room sorry. <laughs> and one, one polish one canadian one german and Fake two news. english ladies lovely thank you so much for, the, for today you and so hopefully I, i always joke with the canadians what what um date are you celebrating the fourth of july this year because they move every damn date up there north ah, of the so border it's july one i think july they still 1. have christmas day on the right day i think they celebrate the fourth on the first is my uh, joke, we celebrate whenever we damn well please.
That's exactly. right too. What's a, what's a motion between friends, right? Exactly. <laughs> Thank you so much for today. And please, please talk to Mike because I would love to talk more about your project. And okay. likewise, you bet. Okay. So Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, more Nick Marshall. And we'll talk to you on the flip side, kids. Everybody drive safe, be safe, and love each other. Bye-bye. Yes. Bye-bye. Bye. You're listening to Accent On with Alona Europa, right here on L.A. Talk Radio.